I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another brand new episode of the Eurotrip. It is a Wednesday. It's great to be here. I am Rob, and as ever, joined by Mr. James Rowe. James, good morning, afternoon, evening, whenever anyone may be listening. Hello, Rob. Hi, everyone. I have something to get straight into. I hope you don't mind. <laughs> yeah, go on. Go on. I have an idea of, as to what this might be, but go on. Yeah, I've not even told Rob what this is going to be, but uh, given the sigh, he already knows. Because, I don't know if you listened last week, but we did the one second song. We finished the episode with it, as we always do. And I felt like I'd been shafted. <laughs> and I did a call out. <laughs> on the episode and said, look, do you agree with me? Because Rob played me uh, the very first second of the common linnets, Calm After the Storm. However, I didn't think that was the real Eurovision version. So a big thank you to David and to Sophie and to Brad. I could probably go on, but those are the three that I found straight away who all agreed with me. David said, in James's defence, I think the version Rob played is the album version, which is three minutes and 32 seconds, whereas the radio edit it starts very differently. Uh, Sophie as well said, I did the exact same thing as James did for the one second song. You are not alone. And Brad, thank you, Brad, said, I've got to agree. James, it was a totally different version. And Rob sold you out there. Sold you out. That's a bit extreme. Come <laughs> on now, Brad, rein it in. Honestly, <laughs> I still think it sounds like the same song. So I, I... I still think this is all a, a big sort of excuse from you and you've managed to what send 20 quid in the post to all of these people and, and they're now back in your corner is that what's happened i agree it sounded like and that's yeah, yeah that's all we need to and, know. And I, look i've got people in my corner nobody tweeted you saying yeah rob i like what you've done there look me one was in your corner they were all in mine that's because there was too many of them it would have taken twitter down <laughs> there was so many of them that's why Oh, anyway, we do have another one second song and loads more on this episode of the Eurotrip. As Jonola Sand always said, take it away. For me, Eurovision is much more than just a job, but it's part of me. Giannis, let me say, we were your first ever Eurovision interview way back in January. <laughs> I remember, I 
So Gisli Baltarsson, Iceland's commentator, welcome to the Eurotrip. Thank you very much and thank you for the Eurotrip. I've been listening to you. Being face to face, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I was going to say, your beautiful face. <laughs> I was like, but it is cute. beautiful as well, though. We were talking on the phone. Yes. Do you want to have a hug? Yes, please. Yeah, that would be great. Cornelia Jacobs, congratulations. Thank you. Give me a hug. Hi there, my name is Martin Ostendahl. I am the executive supervisor of the Eurovision Song Contest. You are listening to Eurotrip. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Eurotrip, the world's favorite Eurovision podcast with me, Rob. Me, James. And this week, as always, in the build-up to Liverpool, we are joined by another of the class of 2023. This time, we're heading to Ireland. And we're chatting to Conor O'Donoghue, the lead singer of Wild Youth. Do you know what it feels like about a year ago since Ireland had their national selection, doesn't it? We've been on such a whirlwind since the Late Late Show special when Wild Youth won that it seems like so long ago. And yet it was only, what, just over a month ago? Yeah, it feels like so much has happened since then. Because, well, it has. We've effectively had an entire national final season. So many songs selected between then and now. But yeah, I caught up with Connor to chat all about Ireland, all about their song, any changes they're going to be making between now and the contest in Liverpool. It was a really enjoyable chat, actually, and he gave us an insight into the songwriting process when they headed over to Stockholm and a minor disagreement he initially had with the songwriter that eventually got resolved and we got the song and Ireland of course in the semi-final of Doom semi-final one <laughs> although I don't think I refer to it as the semi-final of Doom to Connor because I didn't want to scare him too much <laughs> uh, and also on today's episode we are still in May Mullermania uh, <laughs> after her announcement last week so I'll be chatting to Maya Beth, who is a radio presenter on BBC Radio 1. She presents Future Pop, and she was one of the first people to interview May after her Eurovision announcement. So we'll be catching up with her to find out what it was like to chat to her and what her thoughts are on May's song as well. And, of course, since we last spoke to you, we now have the UK's running order position for the 2023 Grand Final. You're listening on Acast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This is the Eurotrip. It's another Wednesday. It's another Wednesday closer to Liverpool, James. How many weeks to go now? I feel like we're almost in that time of the season where we get a classic James Rowe countdown. Oh, goodness. You've put me on the spot and my calendar app is taking so long to open. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. In seven weeks' time, we'll be mid-Eurovision week. Ta-da! <laughs> very good that was smooth so we will be in liverpool in less than seven weeks time is that what we're saying have i done my maths correctly i'm going to do some more live calendar maths here because it doesn't feel like it's that soon is it actually just that not that far away i mean it's still not many episodes is it between now and then if we think about it yeah goodness me i've double checked yes less than seven weeks and we'll have seen the semi-final of Doom, as you just called it, <laughs> semi-final one, will have already taken place. If you think about that amount of time, though, seven weeks until Liverpool, it was about seven weeks ago that Melody Festival started in Sweden. And that is, of course, now over. So that just gives you an idea of the time frame and how quickly we will be in Liverpool. Got a lovely tweet earlier in the week from the Eurovision Queens podcast. Thank you, guys. Uh, they said, just wanted to thank the Eurotrip podcast for their incredible Mailfest Monday podcasts. They have entertained and informed quite brilliantly 
and enhanced our experience of this year's competition so much. Thank you, thank you, or more appropriately, Taxamiket. Oh, that's very, very nice. Yeah, we were chatting on, on the final episode of Melfest Monday, on Monday, of course, just about how much we love doing that series and bringing you all that Melfest action. So thank you for, for getting in touch about that one. And thanks to everyone who's been getting in touch with us over the last week or so. We are at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, of course, and hello at EurotripPodcast.com on the email. Uh, we put out a tweet over the weekend as well, asking you for your favourite moment of Eurovision 2023 national final season loads of you got in touch uh let me just read out uh, a few of them uh colin thanks for getting in touch uh, colin said uh, his favorite was cha 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 winning by a landslide it was a landslide i remember watching that voting sequence and we were trying to do the maths about whether he had enough points to actually win it and then he got about three hundred and sixty four thousand points from the public <laughs> it was just crazy uh jack as well saying my first melody first of all and i wonder jack was that you watching for the first time or did you go to Sweden for the first time? Uh, I'd love to know. And as well, Liv, thank you, Liv, saying uh, Blango kicking the roses. Remember that in San Remo? Oh, yeah, honestly. The roses, they look so nice, don't they? Is there it, a San Remo gardener, do we think? <laughs> Is there a San Remo gardener? Yeah, they, they did look nice until he booted them all over the show. <laughs> Honestly, honestly, that boy, yeah, Blanco, bless him. The man that didn't even turn up for Italy's first rehearsal at Eurovision last year, if I remember rightly. Yeah, he's a law unto himself, isn't he? <laughs> Quite clearly. I know that we don't have time to talk about it now, but I'm going to mention it to you so that we don't forget to talk about it later on in today's episode. We've been talking about Liverpool very briefly just before. Uh, we haven't told anyone about our sleeping arrangements yet, have we? We have not, no. We Let's talk about that a little bit later on, shall we? <laughs> Otherwise, we, we, we'll go off on a tangent. But yeah, there's quite a story there, isn't there? There certainly is. So yeah, stay tuned for that. Anyway, James, if people want to get in touch. Yep, we are at Eurotip Podcast on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. We are hello at EurotipPodcast.com on the email. And make sure as well you read all of our exclusive stories on EurotipPodcast.com. of course does mean it is time for the very latest news from the world of Eurovision. Promise we will talk about our sleeping arrangements in Liverpool very shortly. Know that you're very keen to find out more about where and how me and James will be sleeping during Eurovision week. Should say as well, talking about Eurovision week, I mentioned it last week on the podcast. Next week, so stay tuned, all of the details you need to know about something very special we're doing on the Thursday afternoon of Eurovision week that we'd love you to be part of. So if you're around on the Thursday afternoon of Eurovision week in Liverpool and you're a listener to the podcast, we'd love you to be there. More details next week. Indeed. But shall we, for now, get to all the latest Eurovision news from the last seven days or so. I'm going to try this week to not upset anybody for leaving a song out as I did two weeks ago. Sorry again, Kyriakos and everybody else. From Australia. Um, let's start with the new releases, shall we? Uh, all of the new members to the Eurovision family of 2023. So last Wednesday, Austria's Tia and Selena released their much anticipated uh, Who the Hell is Edgar, uh, which seems to have gone down an absolute storm. 
in the Eurovision community. Uh, Israel's Noah Carell released her song Unicorn. Then the UK, of course, announced Mae Muller and her song I Wrote a Song. Then at the weekend, we saw the final of Melfest in Sweden. You know by now that Loreen took victory there with her song Tattoo and all the reaction, of course, on the season finale of Melfest Monday from earlier this week. Uh, Festival de Cansao came to an end in Portugal on Saturday night with Mimi Cat and her song I Coraçao taking victory there. On Sunday, the Greek artist Victor Venikos released his track What They Say. And on Monday, the Azerbaijani pair of Tural Turan X... <laughs> Uh, revealed their song Tell Me More yet yeah, tell me more about why you're laughing Rob what's going on honestly you said Azerbaijani in Geordie uh, Azerba- uh, oh, oh, is, this, is this the accent again Azerbaijani Azerbaijani are they not also is it not Azer- is it not Azeri I think it could just be Azeri are they not going by Azerbaijani Azerbaijani I hope it is Azerbaijani it is. I've just looked it up. It is. You can say Azerbaijani or Azeri. So there you go. Between Azerbaijani and Mir Muller, we've got a lot of fun Geordie action to come between now and Liverpool. Just you wait until I, a Geordie, speak to uh, Maya Beth, also from the northeast of England, a little bit later on. You'll be having an absolute field day. Uh, where was I? Um, uh, I was talking about uh, Azerbaijan. I was then going to tell you about Italy and their act, Marco Mengoni, because he's finally put to bed all the speculation that he'd be changing his song that he won San Remo with uh, by announcing that he won't actually be changing the song after all. Uh, some revamp news for you as well in that Ukraine's Tavorchi and Ireland's Wild Youth who you'll hear from a little bit later on, have revamped their tracks ahead of the contest in May. And also, Spain's Blanca Paloma has said that she will also be making changes to her song as well. Uh, This means that we only have two more songs to be revealed before we get the full 37. They are Armenia and Georgia. Armenia's Brunette will give us her song on Wednesday, i.e. today, the day of release of the podcast. And Georgia will keep us waiting until Thursday when we'll hear Echo. And finally, we got the news earlier this week that Ukraine and the UK, as host broadcasters of this year's contest, have randomly drawn their positions in the running order for the grand final. Ukraine will perform 19th and May Muller for the UK will close the show in 26th place. Some very solid running order positions for Ukraine and the United Kingdom there. Mm, I reckon the heads of delegation for Ukraine and the UK were punching the air when those numbers came out the hat. Did you see how they did the draw? So Oksana from Ukraine, Ukraine's head of delegation, drew the UK's position and the UK's new head of delegation for 2023, James, who is Adam? Yep, Adam Wodrinsky is the new head of delegation this year. Yeah, so he drew Ukraine's position. So that was a very nice way that that was all done. And yeah, worked out very well for both of them. Do we know how they did it? I know they did them for each other. Did they do it out of a hat, out of a bowl? Do we know how exactly they did it? I'd love to see that. I mean, I don't think they played rock, paper, scissors, if, that, if that's what you're asking. <laughs> no, I'd love to know. Was it like an official, you know, when they do the semi-final allocation draw with the pots? Was it like that? Or did somebody just take a cap off and say, look, I put some numbers in there, pick one out. <laughs> or like a silk, <laughs> a silk purse. <laughs> James, I know that you have got an all-powerful spreadsheet. You sent me a picture of it earlier on. 
can you please consult your all-powerful spreadsheet, your all-knowing spreadsheet, and telling us exactly how good those draws may be for Ukraine and the UK? Yes, so the UK is performing last in the running order. And in fact, performing last is the third best place to perform in a Eurovision Grand Final. So it's got an average position, once you've totted up all the scores, of uh, 10th overall. And also, six countries have won performing from last place. Have they? Who, who, who are the last countries to win performing last? Well, we do have to go back quite a long way. We do have to go back to 1989. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> so that, that was uh, Yugoslavia uh, performed uh, last that year. But over the last few years, we have had some good results from there. So uh, back in 2018... Italy came fifth, didn't they? Yes, they did. And then in 2016, the last performer finished seventh. In 2015, Italy finished third. So yes, performing last is a pretty decent slot to have. If you're Italy. If you're Italy, by the sounds of things. But yeah, <laughs> it, it, in the entire Eurovision history, it, it has been a very uh, lucrative spot to have in the running order. At 19th, not so much, I must admit. Just to play devil's advocate with you, when was the last time that the last position in the running order was not chosen by the production team? Yeah, that's got you stumped, doesn't it? <laughs> well, how would you? Why would you out me like that? In fact, that was something I was going to look up, and then you said, "James, we need to record it five minutes." So please, let's jump on now. And then I was like, "Oh well, okay, I don't have time to find that one out." So uh, maybe payback for your common Linux whinging. That's what that is. Listen, I tell you, knee ones in oh. your corner about the common Linux. Man, talk to Maya <laughs> Beth. Go on. <laughs> yeah, let's get to it, shall we? Because, of course, we brought you that bonus episode of the podcast last week when we found out that May Muller was going to be representing the UK. We spoke to loads of people in the know who know loads about May, uh, such as Jess Izzat and Nick Levine, uh, and as well Vaughan Staples from OGAE UK. But one of the first ever people to speak to May after her announcement was Maya Beth from BBC Radio 1. So she presents the show Future Pop, looking at all of the upcoming artists and songs uh, from the UK and worldwide pop music scene. And of course, May Muller fits perfectly into that. On Thursday night, Maya Beth welcomed May onto the show. And when I found that out, I thought, do you know what? We've got to get her on. We've got to find out what it was like to chat to the UK's Eurovision artist and find out what she thinks of May, what she thinks about the song and her chances at Eurovision this year. So this is what happened when I caught up with Maya Beth from BBC Radio 1. Maya Beth, welcome to the Eurotrip. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited to talk all things Eurovision. It's great to have you on. It's also great to have another Northeast voice here on the Eurotrip because obviously I'm on it every week, a Geordie, and I never get to sort of express that Geordie accent properly. And I've got another person from the Northeast. So it's great to have you on. Do you not find it so bizarre as well? Like I can be, when I'm in London, I'll be talking and I'm still very much Northeastern. But the moment I meet anyone else who's Geordie, my accent comes out like bigger and stronger. <laughs> it's just like, it's like, it's like, it's almost going like, I'm here. I'm here. I'm still here. <laughs> like, and you I'm just not using, turn like, a switch, can't you? Yeah, like words I've not used in ages. Like I'll be like, ears get proper canny that. And I'm like, what? <laughs> but yeah, it's really, really nice. I got a tweet from somebody the other day after we did our uh, bonus episode when we were talking about May Muller saying, I, I can't wait for every episode of the Eurotrip now because James is going to say May Muller all the time. And I love it when he says May Muller just because of the accent. So can you just say May yeah. Muller because it sounds great? 
I think May Muller, but how how would else would you say it? Like, I don't know. May I don't. I don't know. Like, I was on the radio as well the other day, and somebody said, "Can you just say May Muller once more because it just sounds so good?" <laughs> should we talk about <laughs> May Muller a little bit? Well, should we talk about the song? Of course, that's what everybody really wants to be hearing about because it got released last week. It got its first ever radio play on Thursday. What do you think of it? I presume you are like the many, and you bloody love it as well. When it came out, I was literally, I was such a little nerd. I was in bed, I had Radio 2 on. And when it came on, I was literally like dancing. I was, I was like, yes, this is a vibe, this is a vibe. And the more that I heard it, I just like loved it more and more. And um, it was one of them things where like, you know, when you're going around the office and you're like, have you, have you listened to it yet? And then people are like, no, like I'm, I'm doing my day job. And and I'm like, but, but have you listened to it yet? And I'd be like, I'm just going to put it on my headphones and I'll just pop them in your ears. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you can just have a little listen and see what you think. But like literally everybody, even people who aren't really Eurovision people are like, oh, it's got like, it's got a poppy. And I think she's like, she smashed it out of the park because it's like fun, what Eurovision needs to be. And it's also got like, it's got a little Spanish guitars in there, doesn't it too? And it's got like, it just feels very Europop. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's the vibe of it. Of course, people know you as the presenter of Future Pop on Radio 1. Does this sound like the future of pop? Like, is this the direction where pop music is going in and, and that this is a huge result for the UK to be sending a song like this to Eurovision? What a good question. Um, I think, you know, at the moment, I found that pop music in particular is becoming a lot less, like, genre So you have, like, in one show, we have, like, rock pop, country pop, hyper pop, and it's, like, all these other genres are kind of influencing into what pop music now is. Like, there's such a, like, resurgence of, you know, that kind of, like, Avril Levine kind of like mm. pop punk girly but very poppy that's coming back like yeah and it's just it's really really fun I think what people want to hear more and more is songs that are not about relationships and not about stuff like that about empowering women and that's what this is do you know what I mean it's her going oh like I could have been really sad and upset about this breakup but instead I wrote a song and do you know what I mean I'm just gonna feel good about myself and I'm gonna feel in a really nice place and I think that's something that we're seeing a lot more in pop music it's just kind of like that kind of self-love self-empowerment and how did you feel when you found out that it was going to be May because she's an artist that you've been playing for the you know the last few weeks and last for few months, months on your show oh, for months like, yeah and it was like I genuinely felt so proud and when she came on the show I was just like oh, I knew I had good taste like I, <laughs> but I just felt so smug I was like yes exactly like this, this is what we need and she's also genuinely like the most lovely lovely person and I like everybody else I did you get really into like who it was gonna be yeah. so I was convinced it was Mimi Webb I was telling people I was like backing it I was like guys it's Mimi like it's me I was like I saw her on Saturday Night Takeaway and I was like why would you on Saturday Night Takeaway, guys? It's a sign. And like, even though she just <laughs> dropped an album, like she dropped an album that week and it made perfect sense for her to be there because she's a massive pop star. I was like, mm, I think we all know what this means, Eurovision. And then everyone else was telling me Rina Sawayama and I was like, no, not a chance. And I feel like Mia Mullet was kept such a good secret. But also she's so talented and she's been working for years. Like she has been grafting that it's like nice to see a light shined on her and her get kind of like, the love and praise that she should always have had. Yeah, we were chatting to to Jess Izzat um, uh, last week, who presents BBC Introducing in London. And, you know, she's seen her career from the very start when she was, you know, using the BBC Introducing uploader and to now where she's at Eurovision. And it just shows, doesn't it, that, you know, young artists can get this sort of progression if they put in the hard work. And you can actually get somewhere as a young musician, can't you? 
oh my god of course like I've got that is like one of my biggest biggest things and it was really sweet as well because um May actually like sent a message to BBC and producing basically saying that like like even though she's doing all these great things now like performing at the Lexington which is like this little small venue in London was one of like her career highlights because that was when she felt like she'd like made it do you know what I mean so it's like them things matter but like I'm so big on it doesn't matter who you are it doesn't matter who your parents are like in music <laughs> a lot of the time you find that um but um it's like if you have got a talent and you know how to graft like I know it is so complicated and it's not always easy but like someone will find your music and love it Tell us what it was like then when you spoke to her on Thursday on your show. It was one of the first ever interviews she did, actually. I think she'd only done like one beforehand before she spoke to you. Yeah, it was it was amazing. She was, and rightly so, like a bundle of joy. And she was just absolutely buzzing. I think she just said to me that she felt like such a release of actually being able to tell people. Because she's new for a couple of months now. So she's like, and imagine like having a seat. I'm, I don't know about you. I'm terrible with secrets. Like... <laughs> Literally, like, someone tells me something and I don't tell it, but like I'll be like walk around my house like this and be like, oh, like have it like say it in the shower or something. So to have like such a big secret for two months and then finally be able to tell the world, like she was just on cloud nine and I was trying to get anything I could out of her and she knew I was. Like I was like, oh, so like I was like, what are the lights gonna be like? And she was like, the lights will be lights. And I was like, oh, like, <laughs> she, she wasn't something. telling you like, anything, was she? She yeah, wasn't saying a like, thing. There's a little breadcrumb or something. That's what I wanted. But um, I was saying to my producer, Grace, for ages, oh, I'd really love to, like, interview May, like, just because I thought she was great anyway. And we played a lot on Future Pop. And then she even, like, came in and did, like, a Future Pop live session literally, like, a few weeks before we um, found out the news. So I've been like, oh, we need to get her in. Like, I'd love to interview her, blah, blah, blah. And then Eurovision was announced. And then I got to interview her, like, twice in two days, which was Bob. So how did you interview her twice then? Because you had her on your show on Thursday and then you did you spoke to her again on the Friday? I do a BBC Sound show as well called Pop Right Now where we basically just like interview like loads of pop stars. But we basically got her on to like go through like old school Eurovision lyrics because you know how they can be like proper quirky, iconic. Like and we were doing like finish the lyric. You know Edgar Allan Poe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Austria? Yes, that's the Edgar- one. I'm obsessed with it. Do you love it? Like, yeah do you not like of course i, think I do yeah the, yeah i think it's one of the strongest like i think may obviously right up there like rooting for her but like it's just everything like i just think it's so fun it's so catchy but it's got its whole line about like william shakespeare and it's like i wish that william shakespeare i can't remember what it is exactly but it's like i wish william shakespeare was alive so that i could get a taste and I was like, <laughs> okay like guess so like, i just think the whole thing is fab <laughs> proper fab so do you think then that Europe are going to love her just as much as uh, as the Brits do? Because, of course, we can't vote for her in the UK. You can't vote for yourself. Yeah, so do you think, do you think Europe are going to love her just as much? Well, that's what I think the song's really good with, is that it's kind of like Euro poppy. Like, we haven't went for, like, really conventionally, like, British pop. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like a very, like, full-sounding thing where I feel like you could so hear that if you were, like, out in Spain. Or, I mean, like, it's got that proper, like, sound where you could hear it on holiday. So I'm hoping... I'm hoping that they love the song and they also love her because I think the moment like you chat to her or you see her like even perform because I've seen her I saw her perform God when in 
Lafayette, which is like this tiny little gig a few months ago. And I'm like, not really happy that I got to see her in a tiny little venue before. Um, <laughs> but like, she, and she was phenomenal. Like she has such stage presence, like, you know what I mean? And she like, even between her songs, she was like chatting to the audience and you could just tell she was proper lush. So I'm hoping that like Eurovision lets a little bit of that come out of her too. Like, even if it is just in her, how she performs, I'm hoping that like all the other countries see that she's just like good vibes. You've seen her live then, so do you reckon she's going to sell the hell out of this track when she's performing in uh, in Liverpool? I really think she's got something special planned for the performance because she hasn't said nothing to no one, right? But obviously, like, on Radio 2, when I was listening in, because I was trying to find out anything, because I'm into it. Like, I'm a little... <laughs> honestly, I'm, like, a little investigator right now trying to find out anything I can about this performance. <laughs> and, um, like... Rylan said something and obviously Rylan's probably seen it because he's very much amongst it and he said something on air and they kind of like shush shush him up about it being colourful and I've really mm. like hinted that word I'm like colourful like that's interesting and then she said to me that she's going to make sure that her like clothes are all from British designers so I was like oh, is this a hint like you know what I mean like are we going to see a Jerry Hallowell dress like what's happening like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she's gonna, she's gonna really gonna sell it, isn't she? I think, by the way, Maya, we'll have to get you on at some point again if you've got any more investigations to do because clearly you're <laughs> the woman for the job. <laughs> oh, I'm so into it. I'm like literally like any kind of gossip that isn't real gossip is like my vibe. Like I don't do news. I do like gossipy news. Like oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Maya Beth, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for stopping by for a chat on the Euro trip. Oh, thank you so much for chatting to me as well. It's been so nice, so, so nice. When you aren't listening, find us on social media at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. James, I feel very Southern after having listened to that conversation. <laughs> Honestly, I, I said to Maya at the very start, it was great to speak to somebody else from the Northeast because I don't think in the history of the Eurotrip I've ever spoken to anybody from the Northeast. I don't think so. We've never had you interview your brother yet, which is definitely something I want to make. At some point. <laughs> then we can play a game where the listeners have to work out which one of you is which. <laughs> James's brother, of course, who is behind the brilliant About the Contest, of course. You may have seen that song reviews on there also does our brilliant news articles over on EuroTrippodcast.com. But, James, maybe soon there will be a news article on there about maybe May Muller staging, or at least there would be, if Maya Beth managed to get some more details out of her, because it sounds like we've got some hints, but we don't quite know what's going to happen. Yeah, I'm willing to let Maya Beth, you know, let loose <laughs> to try and figure some more stuff out, because it sounds like she's got a finger on the pulse. She knows what she's doing. Yeah, it sounds good, though. It does sound good. I'm confident, you know? I'm confident. It's going to be fine. It's going to be good. Do you reckon? Why don't they, do, why don't they just wheel some spaceship out again? Do you reckon anyone would notice? <laughs> well, it worked last year. Let's just do it again. Yeah, no, I'm sure they've still got a huge plan for, for the staging for this year. They've not announced who's going to do it this year. Of course, Dan Shipton uh, and his uh, his company, Black Skull, did it for Sam. Uh, Dan is involved in the full staging of the, the overall contest this year. So we don't know whether or not he's going to be involved in the UK staging yet. So watch this space. I hope so. I hope so. Well, whoever it is, I'm very confident. It'll be fine. James, I promised earlier on that we talk about our sleeping arrangements in Liverpool. I think it's probably time to reveal all, which is what I'll be saying to you that week. Um, we are... You <laughs> sound, sound slightly scared now. Um, we are now... Well, the good news is 
our sleeping arrangements for Liverpool are sorted, which I think this time last week they were not. Is that correct? Yeah, they weren't. When we last joined you, I don't think we had anywhere sorted. Um, I think we were just sort of, we put it off for some reason, which seemed like a stupid idea. But rest assured, we've got somewhere sorted, which is a bit peculiar. Yeah. Now, this music might give you an idea of the type of sleeping situation that we have managed to get ourselves for Eurovision Week. Now, I'd have preferred you to drop maybe the Big Brother theme tune in there, but rather than Love Island, because that suggests other things would be happening. <laughs> because we, we've ended up getting a, a, a room which, instead of just having one bed in it, has, I think, is it three double beds? It's three, three <laughs> double beds. And I think the ensuite to the room has two adjoining baths. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's the most peculiar place I've ever seen in my life. Thankfully, there are actually six of us going, so it kind of works out. Rob and I don't need one and a half beds each. Let's just put that on the record. Uh, but it is the most peculiar setup I've ever seen in my life. Honestly, if you could see pictures of this room, it is ridiculous. So I seem to think, I seem to remember the beds are gold? Are the beds gold? I think the beds are gold. The baths are definitely gold. I can tell you that for sure. Are the baths gold? I've not looked at that. Well, for well, I don't think you've looked at any of it because uh, until Sunday, you thought the bath was in the window. <laughs> Maybe that was just wishful thinking. I don't know. Uh, and also, what we should say is, you may have seen a viral tweet from last week uh, from Callum, who we mentioned, who who is coming to Liverpool with us, um, saying that earlier in the week that he'd reserved This is your place, brother. This is your brother, we should say. Yes, who we were chatting about earlier, uh, had said that he'd reserved a place in Liverpool on Airbnb for Eurovision Week at £200 a night uh, for them to uh, cancel the date so they could organise the pricing again, uh, to which they had listed the property again for £41,145 a night. Uh, rest assured again, that is not the property we <laughs> booked out for Eurovision Week. Yeah, you might have heard that you get some adverts sometimes now running during the course of this podcast. I can tell you now, the adverts are not bringing in enough cash for us to be able to spend <laughs> £41,000 on somewhere to stay for the Eurovision Song Contest. But yeah, that is a very fun dynamic that we'll be able to bring you on our episodes from Liverpool for Eurovision this year. We'll bring you all the very latest from our very own version of Liverpool Love Island. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to The Euro Trip. Your favorite Eurovision podcast. When you aren't listening, find us on social media at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Warming you up for the Eurovision Song Contest. Yeah, so welcome back to the Eurotrip Podcast. The one second song is on the way very shortly. 
James, I'm quite apprehensive about the One Second Song this week because I can only assume you're going to use it as an opportunity to get your own back and play me the polyphonic ringtone version of something from the 2001 contest or something. No, no, not at all. No foul play on my part. I shall not stoop so low. Ah, right. I see. Is that solo as in (laughs) Chanel or... (laughs) Solo, low, low. Well, that's slow-mo. I think, did you mean Luca Hani from... um... Yeah, 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 let's. Shall we move on? Yeah, I think so, <laughs> sure. Right then, let's talk to another of the class of 2023. Uh, James, so far, everyone we've spoken to from 2023, all bands. You were speaking to Patrice from Vesna on the podcast last week. Before that, I was chatting to the guys from Joker Out, of course, who are representing Slovenia. Well, as we've already mentioned, this week I am chatting all things Ireland. The band Wild Youth, of course, representing Ireland in the semi of death in Turin. In Turin? In Turin! <laughs> Where did that come from? Turin? That's a throwback. Isn't it? <laughs> that is a throwback. In Liverpool, should say. But yeah, so I chatted to Connor a few days ago. Wanted to find out all about Ireland's plans for Eurovision 2023. James, you mentioned in the news the song's undergone a little bit of a revamp as well. So that's very, very exciting. There's a really good story in here from Connor about when him and his bandmates travelled to Stockholm as part of the writing process for this song. There was a little disagreement with the Swedish songwriter, the very famous Swedish songwriter who helped them write this song, which we'll hear more about. Don't worry, they're all on good terms now. It's all fine. But of course, we'll also ask about that performance on The Late Late Show. Also talk about some of the other participants in The Late Late Show. I think you know who we mean. And also Ireland's chances at the contest this year. And whether there's any pressure on finally delivering a place for Ireland in the grand final. So here's what happened when I caught up with Connor from Wild Youth a few days ago. Connor from Wild Youth, welcome to the Eurotrip. Thank you very much. Connor, how are things going? Because we are talking, I'm trying to trying to think about how long it's been since you were selected to represent Ireland. No, February 3rd. I just saw it actually in my, my dad. Uh, I'm in Dublin, so I came to see my dad and my dad has it like up, hanging up in his room. So I saw it today and I got a nice reminder. That is a lovely reminder. I mean, obviously then, first question, how has your life changed in the last month since the Eurosong final? Um, It's been a bit of a whirlwind, but in the best possible way. Um, It's been amazing and it's just opened us up to a whole new world, which is kind of the Eurovision and, you know, the world that revolves around the Eurovision, you know, and new fans and new people. And it's, But it's been so great to meet so many new people. Um, and we're loving it so far. We haven't even kind of, I feel like we haven't even kind of scratched the surface yet in terms of like the pre parties and you know what Liverpool is going to be like. But so far, it's amazing and we're loving it. Yeah, we'll have a chat about the pre parties in, in a little while. But you mentioned there the fans, and I mean, that seems to be a, a thing that I know that the Irish Eurovision fans have really appreciated just how kind of open, how honest you guys have been with the process and everything that you're doing in the in the build-up to Liverpool because you've not been backwards and coming forwards saying that, you know, there are probably some things you'll change, you're willing to take on feedback. It seems to be a really open communication channel between you and the fans this year. Uh, yeah, and I think that's an important way to be. I mean, it's like, you know, it's so important to know that you've got people that have like watched everything and every step of every journey of every Irish artist or every artist probably in the whole competition for the last however many years. And it's important to to like, I always think that 
I know we're essentially the band that's going to represent Ireland, but it's important to know that the knowledge that they have and experience that they have and to kind of lean on that a little bit and why not lean on it when it's there. And, you know, I'm lucky enough that they've been willing to kind of open up to me and tell me certain things, uh, you know, that might help with changing. And I think I would be silly to not take that kind of stuff on board, you know, from people who have such a vast knowledge of the comp- of the competition. So you're really kind of looking on the fans as a bit of an untapped resource, basically, in terms of, you know, like, as you said, the knowledge that they can provide and and how you can go on to develop as as an act and develop that performance looking ahead to Liverpool. Yeah, of course. And I mean, you have to kind of, you have to draw the line, I suppose, somewhere, because if you try and please, like, everyone or take everything on board, the whole thing might just become (laughs) a bit chaotic. So it's like, it's trying to link to things that you've been thinking about or maybe have been playing on your mind and maybe if someone kind of taps into something that you've been thinking about you're like okay this you know maybe there's a few of us that are thinking the same thing so I just tried to and there was some totally fresh new points that I hadn't thought of and I was like it's quite interesting you don't have to necessarily tell us kind of what it was but I'm intrigued as to whether there was like a piece of advice you were like that's pretty 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 good actually I'll take that on board is there anything that stands out yeah, there was something, and I've actually added it in, and it works amazingly, I think. I'm not going to say what it was, because I'm going to want to take full credit. <laughs> <laughs> what a good tease. Very excited to see whatever that is. Connor, let's go back a month. We've already mentioned it. Of course, Eurosong, 3rd of February. What was the event itself like? What was it like on the final, on the Late Late Show? Because, you know, of course, there were, there were much talked about to other competitors, of course, that you're up against. And the Late Late Show is such a historic fixture of, of Irish TV. So what was it like being part of the whole thing? It was very cool to be part of it. Um, it felt like this year was kind of, it felt really big and it felt, um, it felt like everyone knew what was happening. Um, I feel like, you know, obviously with things like, I presume you're talking about Johnny Rotten and like that stuff, but what that brought as well was exposure. Even like I was in London and people were talking about the Euro song in Ireland because of Johnny Rotten being a part of it. And then um, I suppose there was just such a, like there's such an incredible lineup of artists, you know, there was like Connolly and there was like all these different people, Aji and Lila James and everyone who was like, it was it was very exciting this year because no one was sure like who was gonna win, you know. And I thought, you know, that brought so much to it and I thought it brought a lot of excitement. Um and it was a very cool thing to be a part of. I've never like re- especially with music, ever been a part of something that's like a competition with your music. Um it was very nerve wracking. Uh but it was great and Thank God we got chosen as the act to go and represent Ireland. How long has Eurovision been on your radar or on the band's radar as something that could be a potential option for you in the future? Obviously, it's happening now. It's happening in 2023. But just how long has that been, as I said, on your radar for? Well, according to Twitter, I tweeted about it for the first time in 2020. (laughs) So I've been reminded yeah, I tweeted in 2020 saying I really want to write the song for the the Irish Eurovision song. So it took me a bit of time, but I got here uh, three years. But finally, yeah, I've got to do it and we get to represent Ireland. So we're incredibly grateful and proud. And what was it about 2023? Like, why were things right now? Obviously, we, we see 
the broadcasters across Europe put call outs for songs and submissions. Obviously, Ireland did that earlier on in, in 2022. Did you enter that submission window? Did RTE get in contact with you? How did that whole process work? I think I tweeted again about it and then I got more of an, yeah, it's like properly like harassing Michael Keeley. Um, but I think I uh, I tweeted about it again and then Michael Keeley got tagged underneath it a few times. And then what happened was it kind of came to a conversation where I spoke to Michael Keeley and I kind of understood the process a little bit more because I didn't really know how it worked. And I think when I understood the process more, I was like, just do it. You know what I mean? I was like, I want to write a song, submit a song. And if the song is good enough, I'll get through. And then we go and we perform on the Euro song. And if we're good enough, we'll get through. And um, I don't know. It just, it kind of, I think after the pandemic and everything that happened then and, you know, losing everything essentially in our world where I was like, gigs were gone. And I was like, I just remember promising myself the whole time during the pandemic to just take more risks and if something came my way and if life kind of gave me an opportunity to just try and take it. And I felt like life was kind of giving me this opportunity um, to compete in the Euro song and to have a, like to be able to chance of representing Ireland in the Eurovision. So I just did it and I'd, I'll be straight up honest. A lot of people told me I was crazy. Um, a lot of people were like, you're already a band that have this profile. And if you don't win, it could all be over and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, I've never kind of taken other people's uh, fear on board. You know, I kind of, I use fear more so kind of as a tool to kind of work harder and try and, you know, achieve what it is that I want to achieve. And I think, the things that you love the most and that mean the most you are always going to come with slight elements of fear. You know what I mean? Were the uh, were the rest of the lads all on board? Were they were they always on board for the uh, were they always on board the Eurovision train? I guess. Yeah, I mean the rest of the lads are mate. Like, I mean, I think they think sometimes that I'm totally crazy and I just go off into these. But they're always very uh, supportive, and Dave's a big Eurovision fan, and everyone loves the Eurovision. We all watch it like every year. I suppose maybe it wasn't something that had entered their mind completely until I just continued to tweet about it all the time. But then when it was sort of when I said it to them and I said that I'd spoken to Michael and I was like, look, this is the process that we'd have to go through. Would everyone be down? And everyone straight away was like, absolutely. It didn't take any convincing for anyone. And was the song always going to be We Are One or were there some other songs in the frame that you were thinking about? Were there other songs that you sent to RTE? No, it, it always felt like We Are One for me. Uh, there was other songs in the shake-up. I think, I know some people have kind of even tweeted and they've touched on like, oh, you should have sent maybe this song from Wild Duty. You should have sent this song. But for me, it was like, those songs, I don't know, it felt part of a different time for Wild Duty. And uh, this was kind of fresh for me and it was exciting. And we, I'd written a bunch of other songs uh, over like a long, longish period of time, and this is just kind of the one that for me always felt right. I think I'm right in saying you wrote this with with Ed as well from the band, and and is it from with Jorgen Elofsson as well? Is that right? Yeah. Well, t- yeah. tell us tell us about Jorgen because I was just having a bit of a a look at kind of his back catalogue before having a chat to you, and he's been involved in some pretty impressive songs. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, and it was quite, you know, he's he's such an incredibly interesting guy and a great guy, and he's now become like a very good friend. But it was actually it was quite an interesting day. We were in Stockholm, traveled over to Jurgen's house, and obviously I'd like looked like I knew who Jurgen was, like most people do. He's like written songs for Britney Spears and Kelly Clarkson and lots of other people. And I was like, it's going to be a great day. So yeah, it was, we went over and it was quite interesting when we got there and he was like, oh, I've got the perfect song. And I was like, I was like, what do you mean you've got the perfect song? He's like, oh, I wrote this song last week. It's perfect for you guys. And I was like, I don't think this guy understands that like, you know, I like not that I'm like, oh, I have to write all our songs, but I am a writer myself and, I always like to be very much a part of the writing process on any songs that we do. And it kind of, we like took a bit of a team, like a bit of adjusting and we eventually went down and, you know, we got to a point and it was, I'm not going to lie. It was a little bit like sensitive in the room at the time. And then he went, okay, well, if you know, you play something. And then I played the piano riff from We Are One. And he turned around and he was like, I love it. I love it. And we wrote the song and then, I was like, thank God. I was like, I didn't think we were going to get there. And then at the end of the day, we went for dinner and he's like, he turns to me and he goes, I knew if I pushed you hard enough, I'd get the magic. <laughs> and I was like, God, he pushed me so hard that I was about to leave. But I was like, it. Uh, he was like, I knew I would push you to a place where either you wouldn't want to do it or we would get an amazing song. And, you know, thankfully that Jürgen did push me that hard that day so we ended up we we got uh the song so i'm very grateful now we speak all the time and i'm gonna write some more with him over in stockholm soon and he's a great guy connor let's look ahead then to the months to come because of course at the time that we're speaking eurovision just a, a couple of months away now between then and now you've got a lot of rehearsing to do but of course the pre-parties how excited are you to be getting out there getting across europe and, and meeting the eurovision fans who as we've already said have shown you so much love already yeah we're so excited i mean that's like a dream for any band to go to these incredible cities and you know play shows and maybe play some shows to people who've never seen us or you know we've never met and meet a bunch of new people and you know, speaking to everyone like who's done it before, like Ryan O'Shaughnessy or even like Nikki Byrne, they're just like, you know, that they, they say that like they were just some of the best days of their lives going around and traveling and doing these free parties. So we're so excited. How much pressure is that kind of representing Ireland that, you know, it's well, well known Ireland's history with the Eurovision Song Contest. But recently, of course, those results haven't necessarily come. So is that kind of a two pronged pressure? There's the pressure of Ireland's history, but also the pressure to to kind of improve their fortunes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a pressure, but no more pressure than I would kind of put we put on ourselves, you know, and it's like. We're, we're very ambitious and we want to work so hard every day. It's like from getting up and going to the gym every day at 8 a.m. to rehearsing, to doing press, to like just going through every single minor detail to just make sure that what we can do and even like planning for the staging and spending hours on like lighting. And, you know, I mean, I just think that 
one thing is that's absolutely guaranteed is that when we go out and we perform, we'll all be able to go, we gave that 120%, you know, and you hope then that once you've done that and the performance lands, that that's good enough to get you through, you know. And that's kind of all you can do, and it's all anyone can really do is put the work and and prepare and just do as much as they can to deliver the best performance. And then once you do that, you know, that's all you really can do. And you just hope that that's enough to, for us, get us to the final. And then from the final, you know, achieve the best possible result we can, which would hopefully be winning at the final. And Connor, just finally, of course, we know where Eurovision is going to be this year. It's going to be in Liverpool, just across the Irish Sea. I mean, yeah. what, a, what a unique location for you guys to have the opportunity for the Eurovision that you're representing Ireland at to be just across the water. I mean, that doesn't happen. I know. I know. It's crazy. And I know there's a lot of Irish Liverpool fans. Um, and there's a lot of Irish in Liverpool. So it's going to be great. Um, you know, people compare Liverpool and Irish people a lot. Say so that they have a lot of similar traits. So we're very excited. Um, it's literally a 30-minute flight. And of course, Connor, we now know as well that uh, I think Baileys are uh, an official sponsor of Eurovision this year. So plenty of baby Guinnesses, plenty of baby Guinnesses backstage as well, maybe. Afterwards, afterwards. <laughs> Connor, thank you so much for chatting. It's been absolutely brilliant. Uh, look forward to catching up with you again in Liverpool, and, and good luck with everything that happens between now and then. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Rob. I really appreciate it. Like what you're hearing? Make sure to leave us a review and a rating whenever you're listening. That was great to catch up with Connor from Wild Youth, of course, representing Ireland this year. Uh, thanks for bringing us that, Bob. Uh, really interesting as well about that that pressure as well, isn't it? Because, of course, Ireland haven't qualified since 2018. Um, so, yeah, quite a few years since Ireland have been represented in the grand final. If it was me, the pressure would be mounting up. But clearly, uh, <laughs> the, the guys from Wild Youth aren't feeling it as much as I would be. Wow. Of course, as we now know, now that Lorena's won Melody Festivalen and is representing Sweden again, I mean, she could, of course, join Johnny Logan from Ireland as a two-time Eurovision winner, should she win. And also, of course, if Sweden do win Eurovision this year, they will join Ireland, won't they? They'll match their record of seven Eurovision wins. Indeed, yeah. So a lot of history on the line for Eurovision this year. Unless, of course, Wild Youth win Eurovision this year, in which case Ireland are extending their lead. Indeed, indeed. A lot to consider. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks to Connor and Wild Youth for joining us this week. Uh, but that is almost it for this week's episode. But of course, it is, as Rob would predict, revenge. But no, I'm going to play fair for the one second song this week. Um, I have chosen the very first second of a Eurovision song. And all Rob has to do, and you of course playing along at home, have to do is figure out what the song is, who the artist is, which year it took part in the Eurovision Song Contest, and which country it represented. So Rob, and for you at home, here's this week's One Second Song. I know the song, I think. I know of the song. I know of the song. Maybe I don't know the song, but I know of the song. Okay, that's positive, I would imagine. Yes, I'm fairly hopeful of some points. Maybe not all of them, but maybe some have not a clue what the link is to this week's episode, but we'll get to that later on. Uh, Let's hear it one more time. Okay, 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 okay. As confident as I was before. Not confident of all the points, but but maybe some, maybe some points. 
why are you figuring it out? Um, you mentioned the word points. We said last week, because we forgot the scoring system or, or where we were with the results, uh, let's get us up to date and up to speed with the current scoreboard. Right. I've got it written down on my notepad here. Are you ready for the scores? Let's go. It is currently me 23, you 17. Okay. Okay. So again, another opportunity for you to extend your lead with your answers coming up right now. Right, I think this week it is Switzerland 2013. And now this is where it gets a bit bit blurry. Um, the group records something like, like Takasa, something like that. And I'm going to say the song's called You and Me, but I'm not sure it was. Okay, okay. So... Going for the full four points there, you took a guess on everything, which is good to know. I took a guess on everything because there's a chance that one of those or maybe two of them might be right, but I don't think they all are. Okay, I am unhappy to tell you that you have scored four points. No, I have not. Not all four. You have indeed. There's nothing else for me to say because you scored four points. You got it all right. Let's have a listen. I've impressed myself there. Honestly, that was a shock. I dropped my pen in the moment that you told me that I've got all four points. Come back, Rob. I can't hear you anymore. You're picking up your pen. Are you back? Hello. I'm back. I'm back. Wow, what a shock. Indeed. Yeah, four points. Uh, yeah, again, I've got nothing else to say because you got four points. There's nothing else for me to add apart from asking you a question. Is there any way you can figure out a tenuous connection to this episode? I imagine the answer is no because there is hardly a tenuous connection, but I'll let you loose with it anyway. Okay, very excited to find out what that is in a second. But also, sorry, just getting back a second. How did I manage to get... Is it Takasa? Is it Takasa? It is, yep. Where on earth did I pull that from the recesses of my brain from? Very, very pleased with that. Although I can guarantee that I'll probably forget to put something on my shopping list for the weekly food shop later. So So it does show that I'm not all there. But the tenuous link for this week's show is is it something about oh, it seems to keep coming back to Lorene at the moment is it something to do with wasn't one of Takasa like the oldest person that was ever at Eurovision and if Lorene wins Eurovision she'll be like the second oldest person to win Eurovision something like that e, well I don't know the the specifics on on that and I don't see how that connects to this week's episode either. So um, I don't think I can give you a bonus point. <laughs> no, no, that is a good point. That is a good point. That you were almost there though, actually, because you did mention the, the one of the oldest people to ever take part in Eurovision. Because there was a 95-year-old uh, as part of the group. And and you spoke to Maya Beth about May Muller, and it turns out that May Muller is actually 75 years old. Indeed. Wow. Yeah. Um <laughs> And the the connection is that you spoke to a band called Wild Youth. Oh, so goodness I somebody goodness sake. Who was very old when they took part in the contest. Yeah, there you go. 
it's nearly as bad as your Jimmy Wilson joker out. <laughs> Jimmy Wilson laughed. So therefore, that's the Tenuous Link one second song from two weeks ago. Oh, well, I don't mind so much because four points means, James, honestly, I'm going to write it down now so that we don't forget for next week. 27, 17, a 10 point lead. I would say arguably that is the biggest lead I've ever had in the history of the one second song. But it's not unassailable. I feel like if I get a good couple of weeks under my belt, well, a good couple of weeks and a half decent other week, then I'll be level pegging. Provided I don't score any other points between now and then. But yes, absolutely, you are correct. So let's let's stay optimistic, shall we? Oh, there we go. Another week done and dusted. Thank you, everybody, who tuned in to this week's episode of the Euro Trip. James, next week, because by next week, we'll have all of the songs for Eurovision 2023. Would you like to have a bit of a chat with some listeners about what they think of songs in this year's competition? That sounds like it could be a very good idea. Right. So what we want to do for next week's podcast is we want to put together a bit of a listener panel. So you have to be available on either Monday or Tuesday, TBC which day, to have a chat with me and James and we'll have a bit of a chat and you'll let us know your thoughts. So please, if you're interested, email us hello at eurotrippodcast.com. If you want to be part of our listener panel, and we'll get in touch and hopefully we'll get you on the podcast. So hello at eurotrippodcast.com. But until then, of course, you can keep up to date with us online as well. We are at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. Uh, I know you just called you Scott. <laughs> Scott Lilly. <laughs> uh, Rob's just read out the email address. Uh, and you can read all of our exclusive stories <laughs> on eurotrippodcast.com as well. We're sharing a we're sharing a bedroom for oh, not to say over seven days, literally seven days. And you can't even get my name right. Oh, blimey. Uh, make sure as well you do all the other things like subscribe and use a <laughs> review and rate us five stars. Oh, I've gone stir crazy. Pass the podcast on via word of mouth to anyone you see in the street <laughs> who you think may enjoy it. Oh, dear. From me, James, it's goodbye. And from me, Rob, Scott, whatever you want to call me, goodbye. 
There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.